Welcome back to another episode of the podcast, From the Depths of Darkness to the Light of Success. I am your host, Chris Swick, and this podcast is all about mental health, addictions, mental illness, and really anything anyone's afraid to talk about in the world today. Let's break the stigma and end the stigma around all these things that people are afraid to talk about. Everyone's story is valuable to me. It doesn't matter what walk of life you come from. Your story is always valuable and always welcome on this platform. But we share everyone's story around here. With no further ado, we got Trish Kane, the lady boss from the Colorado area. That's where she's residing at the moment. So I don't know where she's originally from, but that's where she's at today. You want to take it away and let them know a little bit about you, though, Trish? Thanks, Chris. I'm originally from Long Island, New York. And depending on what words I use, you'll definitely be able to distinguish that pretty easily. A lot of my friends like to tease me when I say coffee, dog, and words like that. And then I just, I've been in Colorado actually for a year now. Prior to that, I was in South Florida. And yeah, I just, um, all about the adventure. So... What is it that you do today that sort of has made you successful? I know you're in recovery and in sobriety. You're celebrating seven years coming up soon. But what kind of businesses have you started? So I started a company called Lady Boss Apparel, ladybossapparel.com. And it's for women empowerment. Uh, It's for women to support women to stand in their own unique power. And it's to bring the community about the way it came about was I was looking for a t-shirt or a hat or something that said lady boss. I couldn't find anything. So I said, heck, I'll start my own. So I trademarked it. And yeah, and it's that was about three and a half months ago. And it's a new business. I also have Boss Babe Supplements is coming out within the next month or so. I really want to bridge the gap for supplements. Obviously, Whole Foods are the best thing you can do for yourself. But I know as a woman, especially... I don't get enough protein in my diet, no matter what I do. (laughs) So um, just trying to bridge the gap for people that are intimidated by supplements and whatnot and encourage people to, again, be the best versions of themselves and be healthy. And then I have some drop shipping companies and spiritual stuff that I do (laughs) with Theta Healer and I'm a Reiki healer. And yeah, I do a lot of different things. It's fun to have a diverse daily uh, routine instead of doing the same thing every day. Sounds like you're the Jill of all trades. Thanks, Chris. So where did your sobriety you know, journey begin? November 17, 2014 is my sober date. Prior to that, it was pretty much a shit show. I was like in and out of 12-step programs and I never could put any time together. I would always go back out drinking Like my brain would tell me you could just drink. You could just have one. It always tells me the same story. And finally, like the grand finale was they found me. I was 86 degrees Fahrenheit. My mom had a feeling something happened to me and had a wellness check done on me. I was sitting up, basically sitting straight up on the bed, not responsive. And they had to resuscitate me twice. They brought me back when that point and then I laid in a 10-day coma on life support after that when they told my mom and dad basically I'm sorry she's not going to make it and if she does she's indefinitely going to be a vegetable and people around the world basically 
that I know had a different idea and they were manifesting that I was going to make it. Even though the doctors were saying something completely different, my mom is kept like it. She was going in there and like putting holy water on me. <laughs> and yeah, so I woke up 10 days later and the doctors could not believe that I was communicating with them. And I had no idea what was going on. I thought I was in the psych ward again. I'd been there many a times. I think it, I thought it was three times, but I think it was four times. And it's really been ever since it's been an up, not an uphill battle. It's been like so beautiful, honestly, ever since then being sober. I'm a totally different person today, Chris, than I was. I love that this is about like mental illness and all that. Like, blessfully, I've been on no medication now for five years. I was on a shit ton of medication. I was from drinking and drugging. My mentality was like reckless. I used to punch holes in the wall. I used to be so angry. I used to scream. I used to be suicidal, homicidal. And now... People call me a unicorn. That's amazing to see like where you've evolved from and like back seven, eight years ago when this all started your journey into recovery and sobriety and stuff. And it's amazing to see, and you can see the light and the shine in your eyes and the, the smile, you know what I mean? Like it just gl glows off you and all the, those great things there. Do you have a quote or a mantra that you come back to on your journey to keep, keep you motivated? I will cheer myself on. Tell myself, you got this. I, I'm like my old little cheerleader over here sometimes. And I'll be like, you got this. Don't worry about it. Yeah, because I decided to sign up for a lot of crazy things that the normal people didn't do. A week and a half, I'm doing a half marathon. And I'm just, I'm going to be fine. I haven't been trained that much, but it'll be fine. <laughs> so when I signed up, I'm like, oh my God, what am I doing? I've accomplished, like, for some reason, like the mind just is a bigger obstacle than physical obstacle itself. So I just try to cheer myself on. I show up and it's fine. Only person I'm really competing against at the end of the day is myself. I've changed. I used to try to be super competitive and stuff. And now I realize it's just me versus me. And I'm fine. Like I had to learn how to walk again and I'm doing a half marathon. Who cares if it takes me three hours? It's just cool that I could do this today. And I'll probably cry a lot out of gratitude that I get to do it because um, like, it really took me like a while to learn how to walk again and, and talk again and all that. And I was pretty beat up almost seven years ago when I woke up. This eye was like droopy. It didn't move back and forth. This side of my face was droopy. Like, oh. I was beat up. I couldn't open her microwave for three months because you know microwaves are usually above the um, oven, usually. And it was like hard for me to put my arm up and then it was too heavy to open. I had to like put my whole body into it to open it. So it's just so badass that I get to run a half marathon. Who cares how long it takes? Stuff like that. And I just keep, keep myself going and be like, Trish, like how cool are you? You get to do these cool things. And that's amazing that you've, you've come this far. Like I said, to see, you said you had to learn to walk, learn to talk again, learn to use all your, you know, extremities and all your motor functions and stuff from where you were to where you are today. It's just an amazing transformation, Trish. It truly is. So grateful that I get to do this. It's so fun. 
And it's neat to be able to meet other people too that have had struggles and then I can help them and they help me and we team up just it's just a vibe that we're able to synchronize with each other and be like, yes, let's do this. So why the so, move to the Colorado area from Florida? It was wild, Chris. So I knew that God wanted me to go to the mountains through my meditations and whatnot. I call it God, call it whatever you want, divine being, I don't know, whatever. But I was doing a lot of meditations and I have a lot of spiritual friends too that were telling me like, you're moving to the mountains and, and my meditations were telling me the mountains too. So I went to North Carolina thinking these are the mountains and they weren't them. I'm like, oh man, all right. <laughs> so I manifested, I put my house on the market in Florida and I manifested exactly what they were going to pay for it. And I manifested that they were going to pay cash and it happened within days. They were the first people to walk into the house and they put in a full offer for cash. So it was like, okay, like this is obviously supposed to happen. And it was super neat because they wanted all my stuff in the house too, my towels, they wanted everything. I was going to donate all that stuff. So it really worked out. I got to just lock up the house basically and just move to Colorado with my dogs. And it was, so it was definitely divinely inspired. And the longer that I've been here, Chris, the more that I know that why they wanted me to come here the angels god whatever it's a neat place and just the vibe here is very different it's very different than the east coast and it's definitely more suited for me that's amazing it's nice it seems that you love the outdoors you love being active you're always out in the mountains taking pictures and stuff like that so it's truly amazing it's where you're supposed to be it's where you're supposed to yeah and i don't know i don't know how long it's going to be or if it's going to be forever I could see myself like putting stuff in storage next summer and going to Lake Tahoe or Long Island for a little bit and really just being able to go anywhere is really exciting to me. And that's ever since you've become your own boss, eh? Yeah, that's the plan. Like even I'm trying to manifest now like a partner and I know exactly what I'm looking for. They need to have that mobility too. <laughs> so we can just go places and work from wherever. That's awesome. What did you do before you uh, became your own boss and an entrepreneur? When I had about a year sober, I started going back for my MBA. I graduated three years sober with my master's in business administration. And then I worked since then for a company. It was a publishing company in South Florida a very global company, but I was doing sales. So I was traveling all over. I had the Southeast territory of the U.S. So I was traveling all over all the time anyways. So that kind of got me really comfortable with just getting up and going and being by myself and traveling and all that. And I worked in a treatment center for a year and a half also. And I've always had like sales positions and before that, I was really good at getting jobs and really bad at keeping them because of my drinking and drug use. <laughs> yeah, we, it goes hand in hand, I think. I, I was the same way. I was very good at getting them. I was yeah. very good at bullshitting my way in through an interview. I'd never done the job before, but I'd figure a way out what I needed to say to, to get that job, though. No, I'll, I'll figure out how to run the machinery when I get there. Don't worry. Exactly. Just stick me in the machine or in a truck or whatever. I'll... I'll figure out how to drive it or how to run this thing. And we'll figure that part out after you get the job. Blast backwards. But it always worked. Sweet talk your way into it. Something like that. Yeah. 
have you have you ever have you learned any triggers that you need to avoid have you learned any since you've been sober and stuff is there certain ones that you have to avoid yeah people places and things i think family can be difficult and then honestly sometimes it's just time to go so i always take my own car and i just don't put my so i've just changed as a person so much it's not even being around alcohol that's an issue because it's not if i'm going out to dinner and like i'm with a normal friend and they have a drink it's totally fine but if people are going out like and just getting hammered it's just like what am i doing here there's really no reason for me to be there it's just not my scene i did that for so long i just grew out of it so i guess in finding out more about myself i understand what scenarios are good for me and what aren't if something is iffy I just skip it. And it's not even that I'm worried about drinking or drugging. I'm worried about my, my, my like happiness or like my serenity getting screwed up. That is what I'm worried about today. It's not really the alcohol or the drugs that scare me. It's I really like to be happy these days. And certain personalities can be tricky. People will find out sometimes, Chris, that I don't drink and that's all they'll want to talk about. And I'm like, why? Are we talking about alcohol so much? I don't even talk about alcohol. I just live, even though I'm in like a 12 step fellowship. It's just like more of a support group of how to live, be the best version of yourself. So I don't think there's really any triggers per se that will trigger me to go back to that lifestyle. Sometimes my brain still lies to me as you can have one. Well, like, shut up. Like you've told me that in the past. I, I've fallen for that too many times. We're done. Never again. <laughs> Most definitely. Yeah. It still tries to like tell me the same lie. And I'm like, dude, we've done this before. And I nicknamed my disease Bertha. Shut up. <laughs> Wait, why Bertha? I don't know. It just sounded like a really creepy kind of a name. I don't know. That Sounds ridiculous. And yeah, it's like Satan almost. Exactly. It's the Satan of the alcoholism or addiction <laughs> of my brain that tries to trick me back into it. And, it. and I find setting boundaries too these days are very key for myself as well. Like you were saying that when you're gone out, or whatever. If you know the situation isn't for you, you can always leave. And I like that you say you bring your own car. I'm always the DD now because I'm a partner and she likes to have some drinks and that's totally fine. She's able to. I'm not though. Like at the end of the day or like when we go out, I I'm usually the DD and I'm happy to be that. I'd rather people get home safe and sound than get in the car and drink and drive nowadays. Absolutely. Yeah. I like that you mentioned boundaries. That's a huge thing that I didn't have any boundaries when I got sober. And yeah, I have so many boundaries now. <laughs> That's the opposite. It's the opposite. Yeah, I think I do spend a lot of time by myself. I'm super social when I'm out and about, but I need that time to myself. I do a lot of meditations, a lot of spiritual workshops. I love that. To find out more about myself, to be the best version of myself. I need a lot of that time to myself, and that requires a lot of boundaries. So what are some of the boundaries that you had to set up for yourself once you became sober and clean and stuff, Trish? Like, did you have to cut out any family and friends, like close family? At, at Yeah, I was in treatment, like locked away for three months. My entire life changed. I basically, today I have two friends that one's from 
high school, basically, and one's from college. That is the only two friends that I still have because my drinking buddies weren't even my friends. I thought they were at the time, obviously. And I think that's what's so difficult in the beginning, Chris. You think these people are your friends, but really they're just your drinking buddies. And and when you find your true self, you really don't have anything in common. Yeah, so I guess a lot of the boundaries too that I had to set were not to gossip anymore. And I couldn't really go anywhere anymore. And I just had this gut feeling that I had to start listening to. And I went against it for so long. Like my gut would be like, please don't go to the drug dealer's house or don't go to the bar. And I would just go anyway. One more time. It was always one more time. So I had to like just chill out and just listen to my true insides for the first time and start going with it. And and I never knew what that was like. Yeah, I didn't answer the phone for a lot of people. I didn't talk to a lot of people. Then I went to a halfway house and I really stuck around like people that were doing what I knew that I needed to do and what I wanted to do for myself. And I hung out with a lot of older people with a lot of time sober, like 30, 40 years, like 40. My uncle had 42 years when I had six months and I hung out with him and his friends all took me under their wing. They showed me how to like, how to show up and how to live and how to be a different person. No, it's amazing. And like you said, I like that those people weren't your true friends. They really weren't for me either. Like the, there was nothing in common with most of the people that I did know before I came into, you know, recovery and life just had to change. I had to change, like you said earlier on people, places, and things. Those are the three things I had to change before anything else was going to change. I think that's still happening to me. Like I've, since I've been like doing my own thing, things are really working out so well because I've been doing so much work on myself. Even a lot of people that I was friends with even a year ago, they just pop back up out of nowhere. And I'm like, you haven't reached, we haven't talked in a year. I already, I'm a different person from a year ago. What do you want? (laughs) You're trying to come back because all of a sudden, like I'm doing even better. And I think it's just like the law of leveling up and elevating your spirit and your personality and your being and your evolution of this lifetime. It's ever evolving and friends are always changing and surroundings are always changing and you can't please everybody at the end of the day. And only really do what's best for you and be an example of what that looks like for everyone else. That's okay. You can let the haters keep hating. It's nice to show them what you're really doing. Just do it in silence and do it quietly. And people will see that you're growing. They can definitely see you're growing. And that's why they keep trying to flock back in. But you got to just shut it down. Yeah, that's hard. No, it most definitely is. Especially like in like. Oh, 100%. It is definitely hard to keep those others that you don't want in out but that's one of the reasons i changed my phone number i i did so many other things and yeah i had to. three and a half months ago i changed my phone number my phone had fallen in the in the toilet it was in my pocket and i was cleaning and it fell in the toilet and i was like perfect timing hey couldn't have been blessed with a better disguise yeah i just don't want to be as easily accessible anymore because it takes up a lot of time when my phone's always going off and stuff it's a lot. So I gave a handful of people my number and that's good enough. I'm blessed to have it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you do have it. <laughs> so how are you able to be of service to others today? I still practice a 12-step 
program. I show up to that. I share. I do service. Like I chair meetings. I sponsor. I have a sponsor. I basically just spread love everywhere. Like um, in any 12-step program, like the 12th step is like practice these principles at all our affairs. So I just try to spread love everywhere I go. And a lot of my family members have entered recovery since I've been sober. So trying to be there for them and set the example for them. Uh, and yeah, like I take care of my dog. Paul. That was something I, I didn't do when I was drinking and drugging. And yeah, like if anyone ever needs help, they can reach out to me. And also just be that example for people to see that it's possible. What would you do today that, you know, that you weren't doing 10, 15 years ago? What would you tell your older self, sorry, like your 18 year old self back then? What would you like to do differently today though? I would tell her, don't do drugs. <laughs> no, Simple. I know that wasn't thing. It took me so quickly. What would I do? Wait, what was the question again? What would you do differently if you could go back to when your 18 year old self yeah. Honestly, Chris, I don't think I would do anything differently because it's given like everything that I, I basically screwed up a lot of stuff from 18 until 29 where I finally got sober. That was like the, that was the scary part of it. Most of the scariest parts were 22 to 29. And, but honestly, it's given me purpose and it's given me such great experience. Like you can't tell me anything I haven't heard or done. There are so many people that still haven't done so many different things like i've been in so many different groups and done so many different things and i don't really regret any of it nothing terribly traumatic has happened in the last 15 years so there's really nothing i would do differently i would just want to tell myself it's going to be okay you're going to succeed you're going to reach all the goals that you can't even envision right now because they're way too big for you to comprehend at this age like your life is going to be amazing and you're going to get all the animals <laughs> that you want <laughs> all the animals you want you're just going to be the animal lady eh it's coming soon chris i'm going to get another dog probably by christmas rescue another one and then go up map with a lot of animals <laughs> she's going to have them following you like you're going to build your own ark yeah yeah it's so funny because I've always used to think that I wanted all these things that I didn't actually want. I saw other people had certain things and I considered that successful because that's what I was told or taught or had seen or assumed or something. But like, I never really dug into my own dreams and thoughts of what I really wanted without replicating somebody else until probably the last couple of years. So since I really tapped into my own dreams and whatever I was either planned to, to do when I came here or was given by the God or whatever you want to call it. But it's really cool when you're, when I'm in, aligned with what I really want to do, as opposed to copying what I think everybody else wants me to do. <laughs> it's super cool. Yeah. Just follow your own dreams and aspirations. Like you've been talking about. Yeah. And things do happen. It might not happen overnight, but just keep plugging away because every failure is a success in my opinion, because you learn from those mistakes or those fails and you learn what you did wrong. So you don't do it again. And it's like yeah. that definition of insanity. You keep doing the same thing over and over again and expect the same results. Exactly. Excuse me.
<laughs> my allergies. Nope. Yeah, I totally agree. I'm glad for all the experience that I have. And I am also glad sometimes that other people can make the mistakes that I don't want to make. So I can learn from other people's mistakes. Yeah, when I was younger, I had to figure it all out on my own. It was definitely a journey, that's for sure, to get to where I am today. That is most definitely for sure. Yeah, you're bad. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. So before we go, if you were to speak to a group of young women wanting to be an entrepreneur, get into business, what would be one great piece of advice you could give them? Follow your heart. Follow your heart. And you're going to make a lot of mistakes, but there's really no mistakes. Just keep going. Write out a vision statement. Write out a mission statement. And just go for it. Just go for it. <laughs> you hear that, everyone? Just go for it. And But I like that you say write some, write some things down, though. Write a mission statement. Write a vision down yeah. so you have something to follow. Yeah. I have it written on my wall right here because there's another business that I'm building. I can't disclose it yet. I'm building it or in Israel and, and in Poland right now. It's a social media platform pertinent to a specific group of individuals. It's called Ethers. That's why you'll hear me talk about Ethers sometimes or post about Ethers. And it's in the works, but <laughs> it's so tricky and so big that, yeah, I've been having to just plug away at it little by little. And the universe always provides exactly what you need. So I believe that if there's a business that anyone wants to start, there's a reason that they have that idea that they want to do something. It's not for nothing. It's not for nothing. And think big. Think big, dream big, and just go for it. Yeah, and write it all down. Write your dreams down and manifest them. I love it. I love it. It's all about manifesting mindset. Yeah. Just keep plugging away at that list if you, any, if you have one, someone. Absolutely. And also if there's any fears or like beliefs that get in the way of that, you can always write those down too. And you can actually torch those. Any fears or limiting beliefs as you're like getting to know yourself and doing inventory and somebody tells you, you can't do it. Maybe just don't talk to them. Yeah, it's all about who you hang out with. If you have a whole group of people telling you every day that you could do it, you're going to start to believe it. You have a group of people around you or a specific person telling you you can't do it. That could put a damper on things. So, yeah. Put that fire out and get rid of Yeah. <laughs> so what could everyone do? Exactly. Yeah. Not physically, just, just <laughs> mentally. Just block yeah, them out and keep on trucking. Where, where can everyone find you on social media if they'd like to follow you in your journey and if they'd like to buy some products from you and some apparel? That would be awesome. So my personal Instagram is Trish, T-R-I-S-H, middle initial M, last name K-A-N-E. So Trish M. Kane. And my lady boss is ladybossapparel.shop on Instagram. And yeah, feel free to send me a DM if you want to chat, if you have any business ideas and want somebody just to give you hope or just tell you you can do it or mentor you or whatever. I'm so happy to do that. I'd be honored to do that, uh, especially women. No offense to men at all, but yeah, men or women, but especially women. I just love to tell people that they can do it, watch them do it. Thanks again for coming on the show today and sharing your story of experience, strength, and hope, and just having a great chat today, Trish. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much, Chris. You're awesome. It was such an honor to be here with you.
Thank you again. I hope you have a great rest of your day.